Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. We found our victim, and as sad as it may be, she's our friend. But you know what? We often make sacrifices. She's going to be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? The second attacker responded with, I'm horny, just thinking about it. We'll scare the shit out of them and kill them one by fucking one. Why one by one? Why can't it be a slaughterhouse? Two by two and three by three, because we've got to keep it classy. This is the tragic story of Cassie Joe Stardart's murder. I'm Nicole. I'm Ben. And this is Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Welcome back to 2023. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. And it's now 2023. And it's now 2023. Happy New Year. Uh, I don't have a little like kazoo toy Oh, that thingy. would have been super fun. We should have been prepared for we that. We should have. How just, cool just imagine would that there's have been? one. Imagine there's one. Was that accurate? Did I don't know. How good was that? Was it good? Uh, Did you four to it? ten. Four to ten. I mean. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> How was everyone's new year? I hope it was super fun. Ours was pretty chill. We actually um, steered clear of social media quite a bit for the last few days. Yeah. Relaxed. Yeah. It was, it was, it was nice. Yeah. Chilled, watched some movies, snowshoed. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to enjoy this thing called winter a little bit more. So this, I've been snowshoeing a lot. We've had a pretty decent December, at least the cup last couple of weeks. Well, when was that cold snap? Was it not in December? Beginning of December, I think. But the last couple of weeks was good. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looks pretty outside because we kind of get a l- little bit of fresh snow, like small dump, not like not a dump, but small yeah. sprinkles. I mean, I we, we probably have like, I don't know, maybe a foot and a half of snow right now in yeah. total. So January is usually our heavy snow month. But anyway, it keeps so. just snowing like a little bit of time. So it makes everything look kind of pretty. Is it looks fucking yeah. gorgeous is what you're trying to say. And it's warm out. Pretty warm. Relatively so. speaking. I know. Some people are like, that's not warm. Like minus eight Celsius. So. I go outside in that and I'm like, oh, I don't need a coat. <laughs> yeah. I was out there in a t-shirt today. So that, it was good. <laughs> Hopefully you guys had a good new year too. I don't know if anyone has any like new year's resolutions or what. Mm-hmm. Um, our resolution is uh, just to keep doing ourselves, but maybe get a little healthier. And of course, rocking the podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we're firm believers that you can set goals at any time. 100%. 
So. so set those goals, do those things, make those accomplishments. We believe in you. You got this. This PSA brought to you by Wicked and Grim. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, also brought to you by Wicked and Grim is our Patreon. Boom. Um, we had a couple people sign up on Patreon this week again. As Thank always, you. we've got more people to thank. Yeah. So we have Lindsay Ray and Rebecca Ryan, who both signed up this week over on Patreon. Thank you so much. And they are treating themselves to all the behind the scenes content back there, mm -hmm. including if you sign up for the all access patron tier, guess what? We just put out a episode on a December 31st. A whole nother episode you can go check out. And there's mm -hmm. a, there's a library building on Patreon now. There's probably, I don't know how many, there's probably, probably like, like 15, probably, probably more. It's probably close to 20 episodes. Yeah. You can go we'll check have to out. count them up. Yeah. So. If you want to sign up for Patreon, we appreciate that. If you want to just listen, we appreciate that too, because you're awesome. What was the case you just put out? Do you remember? Um, I am only going to give a little tidbit of information on it. So maybe tease it. Okay. It was a- Probably because you can't remember. Just kidding. I can remember. <laughs> it was a, a Florida man who woke up mm. with a headache and was rushed to the hospital. And there was a severe- discovery that what? was found it was quite severe i'll give you that um I'll, I'll tell you guys what it was because it's not too much of a shocker um and it's pretty don't easy. tell no that gives it too much away okay okay i won't say i won't say a fucking word but buddy woke up with a very bad headache went to the hospital and there was a, a wild discovery about his condition yeah it was and it then was really wild and a lot of other wild stuff after that yeah the rabbit hole that ensued mm -hmm. so that's what we released on patreon this week or not this ball the last day of the month, which is our release. Yeah, we released that last episode. year, dude. Wow. <laughs> Did you really just pull that on me? <laughs> Holy. All right. I'm done with you. Just get on with the episode. That was bad. That was good. That was malarkey. I, I approve of that message. You approve. Of course. Okay. So I'm jumping back to that little uh, transcript I read at the beginning there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, of basically two complete dumbasses if if you didn't gather that douche canoes um discussing how they found their victim and i don't know if you're anything like me it pretty much like made me sick like a feeling of just like nausea so either way it didn't make you feel warm and fuzzy no and the brutal truth is that it was a real transcript a real conversation between friends who were 16 years old i was about to say it sounds like some idiotic adolescents children who just don't quite grasp what they're even talking about you know what yeah. i mean yeah so that's grade 11 and they were psyching themselves up to kill their first victim jesus like that's almost enough like <laughs> should we even carry on i want to slap these children basically oh yeah smack some sense into them yeah not that I promote child abuse. Don't get me wrong there, but smack True. on the head. Like, don't kill people. I'm pretty sure that might be. Acceptable. Well, yeah, they need they need some sort of lesson here. Yeah. So in September of 2006, Cassie Jo Stardart, a classmate of the two I already mentioned, was a 16 year old girl living in Bannock County, Idaho. Though her parents were still in the picture, Cassie was living with her grandparents. She was a sweet girl who had loads of friends she took school very seriously and had amazing grades to, sh to show of it. Like, I'm pretty sure she was straight A student, which is amazing. Because yeah, that's kidding. not easy. <laughs> no, I've tried and I was not successful at that. I know. I, I, was, I was not either. I was mid-tier. I was like C minuses. 
And then in gym, I got like an A in that because I, I was athletic, but that that's it. Not athletic now. Usually I was like A's or B's, but then I would get um, math. Usually I was like a C of sorts. Mm. Math is hard. Um, so she also stayed out of trouble. She was a responsible girl and described as being destined for greatness. Wow. Like I wish that 16 year old, I was described as that. I don't think anyone has ever described me as that. <laughs> Honestly, oh my not even 16 to 34 where I'm at now. Okay. Well, someone needs to describe Ben as being <laughs> destined, destined for, for greatness. greatness. Um, so she was in the process of saving up to buy herself a car. I literally remember that age. Like that's, I don't know. I can remember that feeling of like, Your oh my gosh, car. I'm going to get yeah. a car. Um, she usually made money by babysitting for her aunt and uncle, but her aunt and uncle had an upcoming trip that would take them out of town for a few days, and they asked Cassie if she would host it for them while they were away. This was an opportunity she couldn't pass up. It wasn't going to be a long trip, and there wasn't a lot of work involved. She basically had to, you know, water the plants, feed the pets, and then she could pretty much do whatever she wanted for the rest of the time that she was there. Gotcha. Regardless of the amount of work involved, it was a lot of responsibility for a 16-year-old. And some 16-year-olds, given this kind of opportunity, may abuse it and say... Let's have a party. Throw a party. Yeah. You know? But Cassie wasn't like that. She actually just planned to have a movie night by herself. So she's my kind of girl. She's but, already more grown up than I am. <laughs> but the house was big and a little bit out of town with few neighbors close by and Cassie got a bit spooked. She figured she could have her boyfriend over to watch movies with her. And just to show exactly how responsible she was, instead of just inviting him over, she actually went about asking her aunt for permission. That's good. Like super respectful. That is. I mean, honestly, that's what she should do. Absolutely. And the fact she did, perfect. Yeah, like she's, I think that she's just an amazing 16-year-old. Mm -hmm. Her aunt said that that would be fine. And Cassie's boyfriend, Matt Beckham, made his way over. When he arrived, he maybe didn't exactly get what Cassie had been aiming for because he brought two of his friends with him. Oh, really? So I'm not certain if like he arrived with them or they came later or what, but two friends, Brian Draper and Tori Adamchick. So Cassie also knew these boys, right? Mm -hmm. Being that they're all in the same grade and the, and the same school. Friend circle probably even. I mean, they're they're dating, so she's probably hanging out with his friends and vice versa a little bit. Yeah, like I don't think – like it was they were more Matt's friends and there is rumors that one or both of them had like a crush on Cassie. Gotcha. So I don't know if she felt like super comfortable with them. Maybe she didn't know. I don't know. Even still though, I just do want to like point this out. If your girlfriend at the age of 16 is house-sitting for someone, she's home alone and she's like, hey, you want to come over? You don't bring your fucking <laughs> friends. What the hell is wrong with him? Yeah, that, like, that's really? kind of a weird move, hey? Unless oh. they they somehow just weaseled their way in, which wouldn't totally surprise me with what's going to happen and well, the face and stuff. I mean, his friends are just like, they're definitely not very good wingmen then. Yeah, they should have just been let him be. But yeah. they had ex expectations that Cassie was throwing a party. So I don't know oh. if Matt necessarily did, but the two friends did. Huh, interesting. 
Cassie was a bit upset about this. Rightfully so. Yeah. She only invited Matt over and hadn't been expecting Brian and Tori to show up with him and was definitely not throwing a party. Mm -hmm. But she was holding her ground and sticking to her plan and went about putting on a movie for them all to enjoy. Boom. Right on. She put her foot down. Eventually, Brian and Tori realized that Cassie was serious about this and there would be no party. So they decided to leave, head back into town and catch a movie at the local theater instead. Okay, good. Yeah, like that, apparently that, the movie she was playing wasn't good enough for them. It was probably like The Notebook or something. I can't. I feel like one report I actually read. I think it was a scary movie. Oh. But I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was, though. You had me at scary movie. <laughs> Um, so Cassie and Matt didn't think much about this. They said their goodbyes, and then the two of them continued back to the couch to watch their movie. But not too long later, the power would go out, which I don't think is completely abnormal, especially when you're living out of town, right? Yeah, but that's how every horror movie starts. Yeah. You're in a house on the outskirts of town. There's not really many neighbors around. <laughs> You're house sitting. It's not even your home. Oh. Your boyfriend's there with you on the couch. The lights are low. The evening is getting dim. The power goes out. Yeah. You don't know your way around. What happens next? You're in an unfamiliar home. Yeah. You pretty much just nailed it yeah. there. That, that's a horror movie right there. And I feel like, look at my next line. But of course, not being home and in a relatively large house on your own, that would be a scary situation. <laughs> Cassie, of course, got scared and kept turning to Matt, asking him what they should do. But with Matt only being 16 himself and, an even, and in an even more unfamiliar home, didn't really know what to do either. So he just did his best and tried to calm Cassie down. Mm -hmm. He told her that it was just a power outage and everything would be fine. They just had to kind of wait it out until the power came back on and not to worry about it. Yeah. And he ended up being right because at some point... Some of the power, not all of the power, but some of the power did come back on. And this let Cassie kind of calm down for a little bit. Some of the power came back on. Apparently not all of it. Okay. If some of the power came back on, but not all, then that's a problem at your that, house. That's a problem. That's a problem at the house. That's not a problem with, yeah. the, with a power yeah. source. Yep. 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 But something else that was making them a little uneasy um, was what was going on with one of the, one of the dogs. So the dog kept going up to the door of the basement and growling. Sometimes it would just stare at the door, almost like it was listening to something on the other side. And at other times it would bark or make a noise. Both Cassie and Matt thought this was really strange, but they also thought that they were just maybe being a bit paranoid because of the recent power outage and them being in an unfamiliar home. And that had just put them on edge. Well, I know the exact direction this is fucking going, but Jesus. <sighs> By this point, it was getting a bit late and Matt would have to be heading home soon. But the thought of leaving Cassie alone had him call his mom to see if, if he could spend the night with her. His mom, unfortunately, said no. no. But not really any judgment there. Like, they yeah. were only 16, right? Yeah, I can totally understand that. I think she was just being a good mom and wasn't about to let two teenagers spend the night together unsupervised. So she went to go and pick up her son. Mm-hmm. When she arrived, Cassie was still pretty freaked out, and Matt once again tried to convince his mom to let him stay the night, but she again said no. She did, however, seem to realize that this wasn't just two teenagers trying to get away with something, and that Cassie was, like, genuinely scared. 
So she kindly offered for Cassie to come stay the night at their house and they'd give her a ride back in the morning. Awesome. That's what I was hoping was going to happen that she would offer that. Cause I was like, you can't just like let this fucking teen be scared in this unfamiliar mm-hmm. house alone like that. Yeah. So, so her offering that, like she seems like a good person, right? Yeah. But I have a feeling the offer was declined. Yes. Um, Okay. So yeah. So basically the mom was making sure that she wasn't going to be left alone, but that they would still be in a supervised situation. Mm -hmm. So this was a good compromise, but Cassie did turn the offer down. She said that her aunt and uncle were paying her to watch the house and take care of the animals. So that was what she had to do. And if she had to stay in a house that was scaring her to do that, that was what she was going to do. I get it. But also <sighs> safety's kind of priority, right? I know. But you also don't ever think that, well, I'm just going to stay in this house and get murdered tonight. Yeah, you don't. You don't. I don't think her head would have gone that, that way. No. So Matt and his mother said goodbye to Cassie. Matt ended up calling Brian and Tori to see what they ended up getting up to, but couldn't make out what Tori was saying as he was whispering on the other end of the phone. He just assumed they really had gone to the movies and Tori was trying not to get caught on the phone like in the movie theater, right? Yeah. So he hung up and let the night be. Cassie, in the meantime, was sticking to her plan. She went back to the couch, put another movie on, and probably tried not to think too hard about everything that had happened so far that evening. God, this is killing me. But once again, the power went out. A fucking course it did. Because those jackasses are in the fucking basement. So honestly, even at my age and her situation, I would be fucking scared. Oh, yeah. I would be shitting myself. Yeah. Guaranteed. I mean, this time she didn't have Matt there to calm her down. But being that Cassie didn't really know what to do or even what she should do when something like this happened, she stayed put on the couch and again intended to just wait it out. Mm -hmm. It came on before, so why wouldn't it come back on again, right? Yeah. But I find that part interesting because I feel like if no matter how scared I was, I think I would still go check it out. Because the other thing that I haven't said yet is there was noises too coming from the basement. Oh, there was? Yeah. Oh, and you would go check that shit out? I would either go check it out or I would leave. Like, I don't think I would just like hunker down on the couch and stay there. Like I would do one or the other. I don't think really? I could just like... I would be, I would have to do something. Like I couldn't just stay there. Like I'd be freaking out. See, I would be like trying to get a hold of neighbors, contacting neighbors, asking them about their power. But she might not have had their numbers, Go for right? a walk. I think I would probably take myself out of the house. Yeah. I would be. Or I would call like my parents or something and be like, I, I need someone here yeah. with me. One way or another, I would be finding out about the power in the surrounding neighborhood. Especially with how the dog was acting, because that that to me would scare the shit out of me oh, the yeah. most. Hundred percent. You gotta trust the fucking dogs. Maybe always, always trust the dogs. I don't know, always. but maybe she hadn't had experience like with dogs. Maybe she didn't really know how to re- read their behavior. Maybe. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's true. I don't know. I think priority you need to figure out if the, what the power situation, right? Yeah. And the best way is to check the neighborhood that you're in, because if your power's out, their power should be out. Yeah. So if you, if their power's not out, you can identify that it's a problem at the home. Yeah. Because I'm just going to say this little tidbit there later on in the crime scene, 
because I don't have it in here, but there was broken ashtrays found downstairs. So those were some of the sounds that were being made. Gotcha. So I think when I heard something like that, I'd be the fuck out of there. Like yep. they're like they're just gone. I would probably go to sleep under a tree at that point outside. <laughs> Peace out. So it's too bad Cassie didn't leave the situation because she had no idea how much danger she actually was oh, in. Oh, God. When Cassie's aunt and uncle came back home a couple days later, so they left on the Friday, they came back on the Sunday. Their 13-year-old daughter headed into the house first. She was probably excited to be greeted by Cassie or their pets, but instead... She was greeted by something so horrific and unexpected. She found her cousin lying in a pool of her own blood on the living room floor. Her scream caused her parents to rush into the house to see what was wrong. And again, they were stopped in their tracks. Their sweet cousin and niece, the target of some sort of attack that didn't make any sense at all. They managed to keep it together long enough to call the police. And when the investigators arrived... It was obvious that Cassie did not die of natural causes and was left in this state for a couple of days. Jeez. These pieces of shit. I guarantee you it's those fucking two that went to the movies. Like 100% guarantee. There's no question about it. Really? And yes. not, not Matt? And not Matt. Garen fucking really? Yes. Okay. Matt's mom came, picked him up. He was at home. He has an alibi. His mummy was there. <laughs> oh my God. So Cassie... She'd been stabbed 30 times. Jesus. With 12 of those wounds being potentially fatal. Whoa. Yeah. That is a significantly high number for fatal stabbing. Yeah. Wow. Cassie had stood no chance of getting out of her situation alive unless she had decided to leave the house. No one could figure out why someone would want to do something this horrible to someone as nice as Cassie. But the investigators were determined to find out. The home showed no sign of forced entry. There was nothing valuable missing from the property. And the knives Cassie had been stabbed with did not appear to be from the house itself. Oh, no, really? This suggested to the investigators yeah, that she'd been killed by someone who'd been planning to kill her. And they more than likely knew who Cassie was before they targeted her. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This sent the investigators back to the person who last saw Cassie alive. And that was, of course, her boyfriend, boyfriend, Matt. It's always like the significant other first, right? Always. Well, I mean, they are usually suspect number one right out of the gate. Only because I think they're the closest to the situation, really. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, of course, they're going to be asking. They should know. Even if they don't or aren't involved, there's information. They should know something. Yeah. Yeah. So they brought him in for questioning and broke the news to him that his girlfriend had been murdered. And Matt apparently just went blank. He didn't seem to react at all, and he didn't show any emotion. He just shut down, and this kind of made the investigators want to put more pressure on him. Shock. But I think it was kind of more of a shock thing. Yeah, 100%. 
And he, probably in his mind, he's like, oh my gosh, like if I just had forced Cassie to come to my house, right? Yeah. So they were looking for a confession, but what they got was a description of that evening right up until the point where Matt's mom came and picked him up. And that was that. Matt didn't say anything else, only really that he'd been hanging out with Brian and Tori for the rest of the weekend, and that he tried to reach Cassie many times over the weekend, but she hadn't answered any of his phone calls. The investigators didn't really believe him, but he gave them two more leads to chase up, so they brought in Brian and Tori. Brian and Tori told almost the exact same story, except theirs ended with them leaving early and going to the movies. And they even had the tickets to prove that they'd gone um, and watch a film. Yeah, you can buy a ticket then fucking leave. Yeah. They said they'd gone to the movie Holes. Do you know what that? It's like a Disney movie. Oh, no, I don't I think so. I feel like I've seen it a long time ago. I, I think it's older. It sounds like an adult film. It would film. be older if it was, yeah, in the theaters at this time. Yeah, it sounds like an adult film. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it does. It really does. And the tickets... <laughs> Through the investigators for a moment. But then they asked Brian to tell them a bit more about the movie. And he simply couldn't. He said he first said that it was a scary movie. But it was really bad and boring. So he couldn't remember anything about it. This didn't sit right with the investigators. But they had three suspects on their hands. And Matt was the only one really to them at the time that was acting strangely. So they let Brian and Tori go and brought matt back in for a polygraph test thinking that that would catch him in a lie and they could use it to get him to confess that he murdered his girlfriend yeah but matt much didn't fucking do it sorry much to your <laughs> amazement he passed that test with wow. flying colors totally surprised here <laughs> oh my gosh you just like you have it all you just know exactly what happened what? Eh? yeah basically oh my goodness what I needed a sip of tea there. <laughs> okay, so they moved back to Brian and Tori. And by this point, Brian changed his tune and he had a bit more to say. Oh, did he now? He confessed. Oh, he confessed. Not to killing Cassie, but to wanting to play a prank on her and Matt. Oh. He said that he and Tori had brought some knives, some black clothes, and mask, masks based on the movie Scream with them. Scream. Yeah. It's got that kind of fast. I haven't, haven't watched any of those. I don't You've think. You've never seen which, any of the Scream movies. I should probably not admit on here. What? I know. Let's watch them. Are they all good or some like of them shitty? I looked them up. There's a lot of them. There is. I mean, a lot of them are. There's some that are better than others. Let's put it that way. Okay. So they just brought the shit, he said, to just scare them, to scare the pair. The plan was to unlock the back door while they were still in the house pretend to leave and go to the movies, dress up in their costumes, grab the knives, and then sneak back into the house to pull a prank on them. Then Brian and Tori found out that the fuse box was in the basement. So they were the ones that had turned the power out that night, yeah. trying to scare Cassie and Matt. But it was only after they heard Matt leave that they decided to take it up a notch. They killed the lights again, and then they snuck upstairs and slammed a closet door, thinking that this would make Cassie come and investigate around the house, right? But she stayed put. Like, that's fucking terrifying. I have no idea how she did not run out of the house screaming. Oh, yeah. If a, if a power goes out and a door slams, no kidding. Now, that's if 
he's telling the truth in this situation. That's if. I mean, they're the only they're the only ones that are going to know. Yeah. So then Brian went one step further or sorry, then Tori went one step further and began stabbing Cassie. Brian said he never meant to harm Cassie and had only thought that all of this was just a prank. But that all changed when Tori started attacking and actually killed Cassie. Jesus, that escalated fucking quickly. He said all of this had been an accident. An accident. Which is, that's fucked. How the fuck is that an accident? Stabbing someone 30 times is an accident? No shit. 12 of them being fatal? And then even if, devil's advocate here, even if everything he says is true, he was just playing a prank and it was the other individual, Tori, that went too far with it. Yeah. Okay, say that's the situation. Now what? You don't do anything? Yeah. You leave her there? Because he You don't was, report him? He was also hanging out with the boyfriend the whole weekend. Yeah. Who was trying to contact Cassie. Yeah. So what kind of fucking individual are you then? You just let this happen. And something I'd even read is apparently like, because I don't think Matt like had a car or he didn't drive or something. He had asked them to like drive him to check on Cassie. Yeah. But they wouldn't. Well, of course they wouldn't. So like it's, it so, makes me like literally sick yeah. in my stomach. I don't believe his story whatsoever, but even if I were to believe it, he's still a piece of shit. Oh, these guys, they're just like idiots. Yeah. Like literally they should be in the freaking dictionary under the definition of <laughs> It's just a picture idiots. of them. Like I, it's disgusting actually. I'm honestly really curious on where we get this transcript from their conversation from. So I'm looking forward to you telling us about that. Okay, so then he offered to the investigators to take them where they'd stash the murder weapon to prove that he was telling the truth. He did lead them to where they buried their stash of masks and knives and even the clothes they had been wearing that night. But he also led them straight to something that blew the case wide open. The investigators found a tape buried with the rest of the teenager's equipment. And when they played it, they realized that the story Brian had just told them had all been a lie. Wait, 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 wait. This wasn't like a a conversation they pulled from like cell phone records from a fucking tower or something. They literally just recorded themselves. Yeah, because they were, I can't remember which one. One of them was into like filmmaking. And so they have oodles of like their filming. And I think that the boys had tried to light this shit on fire. Okay, yeah. But like they must have did the world's shittiest job because they were still able to like get the shit off the tape. Wow. Yeah. So the two of them had filmed themselves. You okay? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Had filmed themselves in the days leading up to the attack, talking about their plans to murder Cassie. They even filmed themselves when they'd snuck out of class and went to write a list of all the people they planned on killing afterwards, including Matt, who'd been one of their closest friends. Brian compared them to be murderers like Ted Bundy, the Hillside Strangler, Zodiac Killer. But Tori said those killers were amateurs compared to what they were going to be and compared themselves to Ed Gain. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's a whole lot to unpack in that there. Oh, and we're oh. we're gonna be getting into more here. Like, like you're gonna really see these people's true true colors. It's disturbing. I do just want to point out though the one the one fact on popularizing individuals like Ted Bundy, for example. You have people who actually 
idolize oh, these individuals. Yeah. And it's sickening. Absolutely disgusting. Like they think that they're pretty much a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Which points to the the Japanese guy, the Isaiah uh, Sagawa, uh, Japanese celebrity murdered cannibal dude. Yeah, that's. It's, it's no different. People idolizing people who literally kill. Mm-hmm. It's gross. And, you know, I wasn't going to throw this in here. Am I going to be able to find this now? But I should say it. Um, Brian, I think it was Brian. He was actually enthralled with one of the high school shootings that had happened. Columbine? Yeah. Wow. And he literally, like, admired those two shooters. And apparently he was plotting a similar attack for his own school. What a piece of fucking shit. Like, these people, they're disgusting. And like then, it almost makes me like my blood feels like it's like wow, boiling right wow. now because it's they're that bad they're that brutal and yeah. at sixteen years old, it's uh, that fact that you can be that evil at that age blows my mind. It is holy shit. Okay, you, we have a little bit more I'm, to get through here. Are you going to be able to do it? Uh, before we do, I just want to say one more thing. I'm going to get off the topic of how much. Uh, piece of shit these two are i don't think you'll ever get off no I'm, I'm not but uh, i'm gonna try and talk about another little aspect here um they're saying that those guys were amateurs compared to what mm-hmm. they're gonna do right yet they recorded their entire conversations yeah are you fu- what do they not know what evidence is yeah like are you fucking joking me like i don't know they had these high hopes of what they would be but they're just too they're stupid wow. as fuck there's there's a lot of cases we cover where I try and play devil's advocate and I try and get in their mind what they're thinking about. And I'm like, okay, like imagine this and put yourself in these shoes. I can see how something like that could unfold. Not that it's right, but it could happen, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're kind of like, you're with some, you find someone maybe with similar interests and you're kind of like feeding each other's fuel, right? Yeah. Or maybe you're suffering from, maybe it's a mental illness or something like that. However, these guys... I, no way do I even want to think about putting myself mm-hmm. in their shoes. They are garbage yeah. fucking people. And Holy fuck. Not, from nothing that I even read, like it doesn't sound like any of them even have really any trauma in their background either. Like they seem like they're like even in their investigate or their interrogation and stuff, like their parents are in the room and stuff. That's pretty supportive parents. Yeah. So. It's just pure evil for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. And apparently by the sounds of it potential fame yeah that they did want to be famous from this for sure so on september 21st 2006 this is the day before cassie's murder the conversation between the boys went as follows brian hopefully this will go smoothly and we can get our first kill done and then keep going tori for you serial killers watching this tape they both laugh Tori says, I don't know what to say. Brian goes, it, it's like he stutters. Tori, good luck with that. Brian says, good luck. Tori said, hopefully you don't have like eight or nine failures like we have. Brian goes, yeah, we probably tried maybe 10 times, but they've never been home alone. So Tori goes, or when they have, their parents end up showing up. Brian says, as long as you're patient, you know, and we were patient and now we're getting paid off because our victim's home alone. So we got her. Our plan all worked out now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cassie's family, but she has to be the one. We have to stick with this plan and she's perfect. So she's going to die. Holy fuck. 
Mm-hmm. I hope these guys rot. Yeah. Or like, I, wow. Okay. Wow. So the next clip is just before the murder. And I'm going to actually play the audio for this one. So you're ready? All right. Let's hear it. We're here in his car. The time is 9.50, September 22nd, 2006. Um, unfortunately, we have the grueling task of killing our two friends. And they are right in that house just down the street. We just talked to them. We were there for an hour. But we checked out the whole house. We know there's lots of doors. There, there's lots of places to hide. Um, I locked the back doors. That's all locked. Now we just gotta wait. And um, we're we're really nervous right now. But, you know, we're ready. We're listening to the greatest rock band. We've waited for this for a long time. Pink Floyd. Before we commit the ultimate crime of murder. We waited for this for a long time. A long time. We'll stay tuned. Fuck them. I know. It's quite disturbing, hey? It is. It, they're so nonchalant about it. Yeah, and like, if, they're excited and, like, nervous and shit, but, like, they realize... It's almost like they do kind of realize it's wrong, but it's, like, it's amping up. They've got to do this. Like, this is what they're meant to do. They don't sound nervous to me. No? They sound just excited. Like, they do sound like they're not taking it seriously. They I do. almost wonder if they're they fully realize what the fuck like they're about to do. I don't think they do because like they sound excited, but they don't sound like adrenaline excited. Like you would think that someone like that would be, there's no, I don't hear a rush in their voice. I just hear like, Oh, I'm going to go get my favorite pizza tonight. Excited. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like they fully realize the extent of what their consequences are going to be. So. Wow. Yeah, and I should say, like, they initially did feel – there's other tapes and stuff. So at one point, I think they thought this was going to be kind of like a party. So they are going to be killing, like, Cassie and all her friends. And then Matt was just there. So they were also going to be killing Matt. Yeah. And then kind of when they were already in the basement, like, Matt leaves, right? So then he's not a victim. Um. So now the next audio clip, I think this is the last one we have. This is right after the murder. I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I oh just killed God. Cassie. Oh, oh, fuck. That felt like it wasn't real. I mean, it went by so fast. Shut the fuck up. We gotta get our act straight. Okay. Wow. Yeah. See, there you can hear that adrenaline pumping. Yeah, but mostly only in Brian, who's the one that says. That's true. That's true. The other one's kind of like, we got like, fuck, shut up. We got to get our shit together. Yeah. Um, Because there's a little bit more after that, but it was like kind of not really audible. Um, So Brian had said that it's okay. Okay. We just have to go buy movie tickets now. Like this is going to, that's going to solve all this. And then they were like, bye. And that's the end of that. Holy fuck. So the police arrested them both, and Brian changed his story again. Oh, again? This time he admitted admitted that he had actually stabbed Cassie, but he'd only done it because Tori had forced him to. But again, the camera said otherwise. 
It was actually Brian seen in the footage after the killing, bragging about how he just killed Cassie, not Tori. In fact, Tori never once said anything about what he'd done to Cassie. Not even using the word we to suggest that he'd done any of the stabbing himself in any of the videos. So this was enough for Tori's defense to claim that he'd actually played no part in it, only that he'd been the one to have the cards flipped on him when Brian had taken this from being a prank to a murder. But the prosecution had that tape and both of the boys in it looked excited and eager when they talked about who they're going to kill and how many people they wanted to do this to. Both of them were found guilty of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder, landing them with life sentences without the possibility of parole. Good. They both tried to appeal, but their appeals were rejected, and that seemed to be the end of it. Their sentences weren't going to bring Cassie back, but the boys would at least spend the rest of their lives behind bars until a ban of life sentences for minors was placed on all convictions in Idaho. But thankfully, their sentences were again upheld. And so there's a lot of things we're going to discuss. The first one, should teenagers who commit a crime be locked up for the rest of their lives? Do they really know what they're doing when they commit these crimes? Do they have a higher chance of being rehabilitated and going on to live normal lives later? What do you think of that? I I might not have everyone on the same wavelength as what I think for this. Um, but I'm pretty sure that when you kill someone intentionally, you take a life. That life is never going to come back. Oh, no. Whether, and like whether you're 16. She had a lot of potential with that life. Yeah. Whether you're 16 or 60, that life is never going to come back. And you intentionally took that life. So I think you should be treated as such regardless of your age when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing I think about with the rehabilitation is that you're younger, so maybe you have a bit more time, maybe you're a bit yeah. more influential to be rehabilitated. But in like extents, like this case, maybe they could be rehabilitated, but their crime was so horrible <laughs> that like they did an adult crime. So they should probably serve as an adult. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Now, I do want to say one more thing, though. I want to backtrack just slightly with those tapes. Okay. Yeah, we're going to – we have some more stuff to discuss here. Um, Tori never – you said he never said anything incriminating really on himself on those tapes, did he? He did. So this is this is something I wanted to discuss. So Tori, in a lot of incidences, comes across – a lot of people think that he's like the – the controlling one almost. That's what I was leaning towards. And that Brian's kind of the follower. Yeah. But so there's another documentary that I watched. It's called, it's actually interesting. I'm going to link it. It's lost for life. And it's a documentary about youth who are serving a life in prison. And um, so Brian, so this is, I think the documentary was like six years after the murder. And so Brian has done a lot of work he really admits that he's guilty. Like he sh- seems like he shows remorse. But then I also wonder something he said in there was that um, like you kind of almost have to be this way if if you want to like kind of ever maybe get released. So I'm like, is he playing a game? But he did seem remorseful. Whereas Tori 
Tori's in this documentary with his parents and none of them admit that he did this still. Really? Like his mom says that he's a kind boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he is. And that he and the dad is like, yeah, you're innocent. Like this must be hard for you. Like you're in prison serving time and you're innocent. (laughs) But like he's all in all of these recordings and like planning these murders. The only one that kind of makes Brian seem more guilty, I guess, is that final tape where he's like, I just killed Cassie. Yeah. See, I do think that Tori was more the the puppet master, the manipulator in the situation. I think, because usually in a situation like this, when you do have younger individuals, there's someone who, in, who sparks that idea. Someone who initiates the thought of, we're going to kill someone. We're going to take this person. They're going to be our victim. Mm-hmm. I think that's Tori. Um, even in that tape where he's like, calm, calm down. We got to get our story straight. He's thinking straight. He's in my head thinking like a serial killer. Yeah. Like we got to like figure this one out so we can do our next one. Yes, exactly. He's, he's thinking ahead. Yeah. Now he was young enough that he didn't cover all his bases with the filmmaking and stuff, but he didn't even say on that tape, like I killed her. He might've been thinking not to say that on tape on purpose. Yeah. He could. And even in the, I should show you the one clip of the documentary because the dad's kind of like, like you're innocent. And like his even, dad's a dumbass. Well, even the way that Tori kind of just like looks at them and then like looks down like I, <laughs> I don't know his parents. I'm sorry, but like there's I get sticking with your kid and like and supporting them. But he's a monster and like he actually should probably be working on how to like get help. Yeah. I think if Tori had it his way, he would not have – or sorry, none of that stuff would have been found. The evidence would yeah. have been buried. And then Matt would have said, those two were with me that night. And he would have ended up pinning it on Brian. Tori would have got away scot-free. I think Brian, he brought him into it as his scapegoat. Well, yeah, because Brian was the one that ended up cracking, right? And yeah. and and showed the investigators where they buried shit. Yeah. Tori probably would have been closed lip. Tight lip? I don't know the saying. Yeah. Tight Either lip, one. closed lip. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so Cassie's entire family had undoubtedly und- – is that how you say that? Undoubtedly, yeah. Undoubtedly suffered from grief as a result of this terrible loss. Oh, uh, Yeah. Her aunt and uncle and cousin who discovered Cassie's murdered body in their own home when they returned from their trip had been greatly impacted. They left their house that day and they never went back. The local sheriff's office helped with temporary housing for them and cleaning up of the crime scene, but the family could never bring themselves to go back. The cousin, who was the one to discover Cassie's body, suffered a breakdown and apparently attempted suicide. Wow. So it just kind of shows you people's actions. It it like it's now affecting how yeah. many people. Every action has a reaction. It goes down the line. It's not just so. an immediate. Yeah. The butterfly effect, right? Yeah. So that's the the story of Cassie. Wow. Those two individuals I'm glad they're they're behind bars for life. Mm-hmm. I really am. I'm sorry if people disagree with me, but I really do think that they should be behind bars. I don't care if they're 16. They intentionally did this. 
honestly, this case took me a lot of research. And I think it was just because it's so heavy and so disturbing. It is very disturbing. That it's almost like, and the amount of documentaries I watched. And I, I'm going to, I think that you should watch parts of that one. We are going to link it because the one where it shows them years later, it had other people in the documentary as well. And it just is like kind of interesting. So all I know is those two are fucked up. Yeah. I like, wow. Very much. This is going to be one of those ones on the top list that really bother me. Yeah. You're very antsy right now. You're very agitated. Well, the, I, I need reasons. I need why. I need to understand logic. logic. Yeah. There's no logic to this. Zero. Nothing. Not at all. And those piss me off. I honestly think, though, if these two boys did not find each other um, or become friends or become close or whatever that this probably wouldn't have happened. I don't think one of them would have done it. I think Tori would have found a way an another day. To murder someone? I, I think it was rooted in Tori. I think he was going to do it one day somehow. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Because one of them, I think it was Tori, had um, one of them, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Tori, had like child pornography and animal abuse oh really stuff on their laptop but their laptop i think was not actually supposed to be like seized or something so it wasn't able to be held oh. so yeah i'm pretty sure like one of them was li literally like a serial killer in the making which yeah and was it tori that you said idolized the individuals from the columbine no no it wasn't it was brian brian hmm yeah but i don't know so brian he did seem like both of them actually didn't have like the characteristics necessarily of being quite weird in high school. Like they had friends. They seemed like pretty normal, especially Brian. And I don't know. Sometimes I think kids that age just say shit when they don't really mean it either. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. So. Wow. Thank you for that. Absolutely disturbingly heavy case. Appreciate that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> That's what you're here for. Hey, <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, well, if you want to hear more cases from us, we got a whole library out there on Spotify, mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, you name it. Um, if you'd like, we'd appreciate it if you guys gave us a rating. Oh, yeah. We love um, those ratings. Five stars all the way. <laughs> Five stars all the way. It's definitely a way to help out the show. So if you can do that, we appreciate it. If not, we still appreciate you being here regardless. Mm -hmm. All our links are in the description of the podcast, Patreon, Instagram, our YouTube, our website. It's all there. We you, got it all. Yep. Yeah, you can check it out for more info. And of course, there's going to be another episode next week. Mm -hmm. So until then. Thanks for listening and stay wicked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.